This is Glenn Kerr, and you're listening to the North Clivesburg Community Communication Broadcast. This morning we'll talk to young Eli Martin, who's got an update on the infamous bandit who's been stealing from his stop-for-pop cooler. And we'll be talking to Steve Vanderchuk, who's got an interesting plan to keep the Skidoo trails running into May. And finally, we'll talk to John and Tom Hilderberg, who have finally decided to put their differences aside after a decade-long feud. But first, a word from our sponsor at Noah Weber's Taxidermy and Cheese Shop. I'll just get the copy Noah sent me to read here. It's quarter to seven. You've just got back from the city, and you're running late for Linda's party. You have the cured meats for the charcuterie plate you promised, but you need a nice cheese to go along with it. Maybe a nice pungent Rockford or a smoked Gouda. No problem. You'll just stop off at the gas station near Elmvale and see what old Jacob Martin has in stock. And then it happens. You hit something. Probably a stupid deer, you think to yourself, getting out to survey the damage. But it isn't a deer. No, friend? You've just hit a rare albino spoon-billed cassowary. You'd recognize those dagger-like claws and, and ribbed tricorn heel anywhere. But what is it doing here, so far away from its native Papuan habitat? Brushing away feathers from the grill of your pickup, you glance at your watch. Linda's party. You're running late. And after everyone had been depending on you for that chartreuse plate. This after finally talking Linda into a second chance after the spray cheese and Slim Jim fiasco. But the bird, you can't just leave it there. Such a majestic creature where it's bound to be ravaged by coyotes or end up in a Mennonite freezer, which is just a regular chest freezer, only it's powered by a generator. And besides, no one's gonna believe you hit an albino spoon-built cassowary, not after how back in high school you told all your classmates that your father was a cassowary breeder, and you promised they could have one if only they'd let you do their homework, just as soon as the next batch of eggs hatch. And then you'd complain about how those stubborn cassowary chicks would just refuse to leave their gray, speckled eggs. Well, the hens came home to roost, as they say, and you were exposed for the fraud you were. Your face reddens from the shameful memory. Never again, you mutter to yourself. No, the corpse of such a rare, crested beast had to be treated properly, with a dignity only a licensed taxidermist could offer. But you just don't have the time to take it over to Glenn's Taxidermy, on a Friday no less. The place was bound to be packed with slack-jawed gawkers, with all their dead groundhogs in tow. And after that, to grab a finely aged camembert from the pump and go, you'd be hopelessly late for Linda's party. And then it hits you. Linda lives in the apartment above Noah Weber's Taxidermy and Cheese Shop. Noah Weber's Taxidermy and Cheese Shop, conveniently located beneath Linda's apartment, along Highway 87, just a few clicks south of the feed mill. Thank you, Noah. It's a, it's a decent ad, but maybe, maybe next time you won't Make me say chartreuterie so much. Now, as promised, we have Eli Martin here to give us an update on his stop for pop cooler. Just a few clicks up 87 north of the feed mill. Hello, Eli. Maybe you can set the scene for our listeners about about the troubles you've been having. Oh, y- hi. Yes. As your listeners will probably remember from the last report, ever since the big turn up and clog dancing festival weekend, I've noticed every day, roughly around late afternoon, early evening, I'd find that 
Someone had taken a Diet Coke, and there wasn't the corresponding change deposited into the jar. And then, a little later, as you know, Glenn, I, I pride myself in the variety of beverages in my particular stop for pop. Oh, yes, second to none, and, and always name-brand sodas as well. And you never skimp out with the generics like your, your Big Fizz, Twist Up, or Dr. Thunder and what have you. Well, actually, I did... St- I did stock Dr. Thunder for a while, but only because Mr. Tom Hilderberg, who who will be on the show later, I understand. Yes, that's right. Well, he has a preference for it, and and he can't drink it now, of course, on a on account of his diabetes. But I also started stocking um, Key Lime Lacroix for uh, Mr. L- for Mr. Gord Leduc. Oh yes, the legendary refined palate of Mr. Leduc. Well, all three cans of LaCroix had gone missing and another Diet Coke, and again, no corresponding change had been left. And of course, Mr. LeDuc, he's never one to to leave a square unsettled. So I asked around, and some of the folks had claimed they'd seen a pearl-finished Cadillac Escalade rolling through town every weeknight around early evening, which is, as you know, it's rare to see a vehicle around here that isn't a pickup with farm plates on it. And so the other Stop for Pop lads and I got together to try to come up with a plan to stop the soda thievery. And, and that's when we remembered a YouTube video we'd seen where a man who had a lot of packages stolen from his front step built a contraption involving a GPS tracker, a glitter bomb, and, well, artificial flatulence spray. Well, we didn't have a lot of the high-tech stuff, and the, and the flatulence spray was called... A liquid A word. And none of us was brave enough to face our paws after ordering such a thing, so we got to thinking about how dead possum smells just about as bad as it gets. So we emptied the cooler, tossed in the in the dead possum, and then rigged the lid to trigger an upside down uh, a rat trap that was placed upside down with a good pile of glitter on it. And we set that up around four in the afternoon and hid down in the nearby ditch and waited for that Escalade to drive through. And sure enough, around five, the Escalade stops at the pop cooler and well, the lady steps out and she opens the cooler and she, and she gets a stinky blast of glitter to the face. Now, now what we didn't realize was that the possum was only just playing dead as possums tend to do. But in the planning stages, the lads and I were, we were in complete consensus that 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 possum smelled dead for sure. Anyway, unfortunately for the lady, the rat trap glitter bomb gave gave that possum such a spook and well, it it went on a bit of a rampage and it, it began to attack the lady something fierce. And, and after all the calamity, she... She managed to drag her smelly, glittery self back to her SUV and drive away. And anyway, I I don't think she'll be likely to steal from another stop for Pop anytime soon. Thank you, Eli. I'm glad things worked out best, and good luck to you and your business at the stop for Pop on Highway 87, just a few clicks south of the feed mill. Okay, now we have Steve Vanderchuk, and... Well, this sounds interesting. Apparently, he has a plan to keep the skidoo trails open until well into May, it says. 
Well, Steve, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear about your plan. Yeah, well, back in February one evening in the arena there, the Elwood team shows up to play our spoonbills, right? And as you know, the Elmwood boys, they get awful rowdy and they they got to tossing snow and such. And we're out there minding our own business, uh, cleaning the Zamboni when... Ah, uh, sorry, Steve. Who's with you when this is taking place? Oh, yeah. Well, we've got uh, Mike and John Kerr and, of course, Gordy LaDuke, who's always seems to be around when this sort of thing happens. Anyway, one of the Elmwood boys tosses a snowball at, at just... It beans old Mike right in the back of the head, right? So... So then, like, it's on, right? Only, only our our aim's a little off due to our arthritic elbows, and and uh, and we've got a uh, we've also got a few Molsons in us by this point. But then the game starts, so the the Elmwood team all go into the arena, and everything's everything's quiet, right? And we're in the parking lot next to the Elmwood bus there, and uh, Gord gets the bright idea to break into the bus and open all the windows along the driver's side of the bus there. And then we remember how Johnny's manure spreader is parked at the welding shop across the street there, right? So so off we go to get that. And this is a solid manure spreader? That's right. Uh, 1,000 RPM vertical beaters. We take that manure spreader and fill her up with snow, right? And we just fire it through there and to the side of the bus just as quickly as the push gate will allow, right? So I imagine the snow would have been quite dirty flying out of the manure spreader like that well it's mostly snow right but any any soil in there is that good nitrate rich stuff so it's all in good fun okay so how do the skidoo trails come into play okay well right away i can tell you gord's hatching up an idea well that's gord leduc for you always thinking out of the box well between me and the fence post here right now, with Gord, I mean, it's no secret that all the greatest Canadians have been named Gord for, like, since the history of Canada. Yes, well, it, it certainly seems as though destiny smiles on folks named Gord, doesn't it? Like, I don't know if it's just someone has a name like Gord thrust upon them and they think, well, life's not a spectator sport, you know. I'm just going to keep my stick on the ice and and check any obstacles I face into the boards. You, you know what I mean? Or or is it that their parents see some kind of like a spark or something, and they look down and they just, they, they just know, yep, yep. That, that one there, that that's a gourd. Now, you remember when Bernice was expecting, and, and she had this, this kind of glow about her, right? And then her kid is born, and, and, and she just names him Kyle. I mean, that kid's all right, I guess. Okay, so anyway, Gord has this idea, you say? Oh, yeah. Well, since the spreader did such a good job of filling the Elmwood bus there, we just decided we'd let her rip around the skidoo trails. And I tell you what, it's 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 a nice, well-packed trail, and you can skidoo on it with, with just a light jacket. You're out there smelling the, the thawing maples, right? Of course... You gotta watch out for some of the sap lines out there, but it's some of the best springtime skidooing you'll you'll ever face. Well, thanks, Steve. That certainly sounds like some news the Clivesburg community can certainly get behind. Now, last but not least, we have the Hilderberg brothers. 
Tom and John, and I understand they finally put their differences aside and ended their notorious decades-long feud. John, Tom, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell us about how you come to finally get along after all these years. Well, as you know, John and I are both in the sap business. Our father was in the sap business, and his father before that. So you could say we got sap in our veins. Well, our bodies don't mix the insulin anymore, so our so so the syrup doesn't break down like it should. Right, right. So we inherited the syrup, syrup making business and the diabetes. Okay, so the both of you having such a passion for syrup, why'd you have so much difficulty getting along? Well, both of us have different methods, you see. Okay, well, you both brought in a liter of your syrup, and, and just visually, I can, I can see you both produce a very different product here. Not only that, but you ought to give them a taste. Okay, and this one's lighter, a nice, nice light amber color. This is yours, John? Yep, that one's mine there, and it's boiled over a pure applewood fire. And I believe you can taste that in the final product. Oh, yes. That's very nice. And Tom, do you use a different sort of wood, do you? Well, that's where the differences come in. What caused our feud in the first place? John here accused me of using old tires to boil the sap. And of course, I've never done anything of the sort. Well, yes, I, 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 I thought I'd seen some burning tires, but I'm ashamed to admit, uh, after all these years, I guess I should have given my brother the benefit of the doubt there. Oh, well, that's definitely got a smoky sort of ambience to it, doesn't it? Is, is, is it hickory? Nope, it's not hickory. You remember the old Adair place that got the new steel roof last summer? Well, they had all their old asphalt shingles lying around, and I just went ahead and used those. Thank you for listening to today's Tea with Kenny P. Please send your questions, thoughts, and feedback to Ken at todaysteawithkennyp.com or at Pelican on Twitter. If you like the show, give it a glowing review wherever you find podcasts. Or better yet, recommend this show to a friend. <laughs>